This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. What a win. What an unbelievable night for the Sixers. Joe Giglio with you, of course, WIP Daily. Thank you so much for subscribing, following the podcast here, bringing the best of, of everything on WIP today and my big take each and every morning. And, of course, today is about the Sixers, a 1-0 lead in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Last night was truly one of the great Sixers playoff wins ever. I mean, ever. I mean, obviously, if you go back way, way back, you know, to the 60s, you go to the 80s, yeah, you could find wins and you could probably stack them up bigger than this. But just for the, for the modern era of Sixers basketball, it's the it's the biggest playoff win they've had since AI stepped over Tyron Lue. I mean, the Sixers hadn't won a game one in the Eastern Conference semis since 1986 until they walked into Boston last night without Joel Embiid and won that game. All right, today I want to talk about the, the five biggest reasons I think the Sixers won that game. And... We start with number one, and it's obvious, clear as day, the signature performance of his Sixers career. I think the signature performance of his career, and that's James Harden. 45 points. He was unbelievable. I never thought we would see Houston Harden come back. I I just never thought it. I, I just thought those days were gone, that he didn't have that in him any longer. That, yeah, he could have a big night here and there with 32 or 30 or hit a bunch of threes, but I didn't think there was that game in him where every time down the court when the ball's in his hands, you think they're going to score efficiently. That, that was the James Harden of all, the MVP Harden, the league scorers, cha- scoring champion Harden. That, that's who we saw last night. When, when James Harden gets inducted in Springfield one day, and obviously he's going to the Hall of Fame, you know, once in a while you get someone who's like, yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, obviously James Harden's a Hall of Famer, one of the 75 greatest players of all time. But he has obviously also lacked some of these moments in the playoffs and some of these big games in the playoffs. Well, last night he performed at an outrageous level. He carried the Sixers last night. I think one 
uh, of the tells about how much he carried them. In a game they scored, you know, 119 points, and they they nearly scored 120. They were basically right around, you know, where they need to be. Their average. It wasn't like a muck and grind, you know, 1990s or 04 game where it was like, you know, 85-83. No, he scored. 45 points in a game where only six Sixers scored. Like, just think about that for a second. Like, if I said to you before the game, the Sixers are going to win, they're going to drop 119 points in the Celtics, and only six players are going to score. I mean, you, you might start thinking about the math on that. And then if I tell you, well, you know, a few of those players last night in, in this game where they, where they accomplished this are only going to score, you know, 10. You know, you start doing the math on it. You're like, well, so, someone's going to have to have a ridiculous game. Like, last night, they only had six players score. Only Harris, Reed, Maxi Harden, and then Niang and Melton. Okay, and, and two of those players, George Niang and, and Paul Reed, scored a combined 13, which means the other four players had to combine for 106 points. And they did, led by the brilliant, and I mean brilliant effort, by James Harden. He carried this team. He was efficient from the jump. That that jumper was perfect. The pick and roll. And then the playmaking ability. I mean, he had that one play where he drove to the basket, threw the ball backwards over, you know, kind of over his shoulder and hit Tobias top of the key for a big three-pointer. I mean, he was everything last night. Really a, a masterful, masterful James Harden performance. 45 with seven threes. He's the biggest reason the Sixers won this game. Number two for me is Doc Rivers. And, you know, it, it's been... It's been easy in Philadelphia, I would say, over the past you know few years to just rag on Doc, call him Glenn Rivers, and basically talk about all the reasons why he hasn't been a good Sixers coach. And if he rubs you the wrong way, I'm okay. You know that's fine. I mean, he rubs me the wrong way too. The whole Ben Simmons thing, tre- you know, treasure him, and all that crap that he spewed. It was annoying, and it's felt like at times Doc Rivers is checked out. Like he's like he's half in, half out. He doesn't really want to be here in Philadelphia. He doesn't care. He's already won his championship. He's obviously a Hall of Fame coach. So like it just feels like. Sometimes Doc is just in it for the paycheck. But I have to say, Doc's done a good job this season with this particular team in this particular year. They've been one of the NBA's better teams since late November. They've withstood injuries now that they're top three players at different times. They have played smart basketball most nights. They haven't fallen into those lulls. And I thought the the switch he made last night, and they were getting killed. You know, The Celtics offense was killing the Sixers. You know, back cuts, easy layups, all first quarter, really all first half. And I thought the switch Doc made to go to the zone really threw them off and, and exploited a weakness of the Celtics, which is they're sloppy, they're careless. They don't take care of the basketball. Obviously, at the end, you know, what Malcolm Brogdon did, just throwing the ball to Tyrese Maxey was, you know, just ridiculous. But the Celtics were sloppy and careless, and the zone exploited that. I, I thought it was a really, really smart tactic by Doc. I mean, Doc was the better coach in Game 1, with, without question. He was the better coach in Game 1. He's had a good year as a, as a Sixers coach, and he's continued to say, and, you know, he's been right on it, that this team has a different element to it, a different vibe to it than in past years. We'll see if it can manis- manifest itself all the way to a championship or close to a championship, but they do have a different vibe. And I give Doc Rivers credit for how he has pulled this team along. They are a better team than they have been in in recent years. They are a more complete team. They have a better chance. They're, they're mentally tougher. And I think Doc has made better adjustments in game. Even just last night, just shortening the rotation. You know, you know, just continuing to push the right buttons with when to put Melton in, how to rely on Tobias, to you know, to allow Harden to take over the game. I, I thought Doc had a really good game one and a big reason why they won. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The third reason why they won this game, and and the third biggest one, is P.J. Tucker. This is why he's here. Last night is why P.J. Tucker, game one, is why P.J. Tucker is here. You know, it's it's pretty rare. It really is rare in the NBA to where I can watch a game, I could turn the TV off, I could say to myself, that player really helped his team win. And then I go look at the box score, and the player had zero points. I mean, it's almost impossible in the modern NBA to have a player like this and and win, you know, because you need shooting, you need spacing, you need scoring from all levels. It's really hard to have a guy that just literally is is a zero offensively from as a scorer. And, and I don't want to I want to make sure I say that as a scorer, PJ's a zero. He's not a zero on the offensive end because of the tips, the offensive rebounds, the screens. He helps them. But last night, a couple things. So the beginning of the second half, he had a steal and an offensive rebound right to start the second half, and it changed the game. And the Sixers, you know, quickly took control of that game, top of the third quarter, took the lead, and from there, it just felt like the Celtics were in uh-oh mode. Like you kind of felt going into the half, the Celtics should be up more because they shot so well, and I was like, are they going to blow this? And and Barkley kind of called it the half that maybe they're going to blow this thing because they just didn't put enough distance between themselves and the Sixers in in that first half. But then right out of the jump second half, P.J. with the energy, with the offensive board, with the steal, and it's like, boom, lead for the Sixers, and away the Sixers go in the Celtics' head the rest of the night. P.J. Tucker is awesome. He could play on my team any day. He's been he's been what this team has been missing forever. He, he, he's been, this is what they've been missing. And, you know, I often don't agree with Joel Embiid with his – perspective on, on why they win, why they lose, and and you know, kind of complaining after series playoff series losses. But last year he hit it on the head. They needed PJ Tucker. They needed his toughness. They did. He he was right. They needed PJ Tucker. He reminds me of those old school nineties players, Charles Oakley, Antonio Davis, where you know a mucker, a grinder, but he makes winning plays on the offensive glass, on the defensive glass. And I thought last night as well with with PJ, you could see him kind of calling out you know, Paul Reed and saying, we need more out of you. We need to do better on the defensive end. Uh, he was upset with Paul Reed with all the back cuts early in the game and how Paul was allowing the Celtics to rebound over him and get to the basket. And I thought he, he kind of elevated Paul Reed just by his intensity. P.J. Tucker, a major, major reason the Sixers won this game. The fourth reason is Tyrese Maxey. Uh, you know, Maxey wasn't the star last night. That was obviously Harden. But Maxey needed to play second banana to the greatness of Harden, and he did it. Uh, hit some big shots in that second half. Obviously, the steal and the bucket at the end to kind of seal the deal. But Maxey, you know, you, you look at his games over over the playoffs, and, and we know the Sixers have been kryptonite for him, really, in his career. And I thought last night early, it felt like more of the same. And he didn't shoot the ball well. He was 10 at 24, 2 and 9 from 3. Really not his best shooting night. And defensively, you know, he could be had by the, by the Celtics guards. But I thought Maxi kept attacking. He didn't quiver away, even though he wasn't shooting the ball well from outside. And when you kind of look at it, you know, he went 8 of 15 from with two, right? From the two-point two range, 2 and 9 from three. And I thought it was key that he, at, some, at one point, 
started to a, a little bit abandon the three. You know, kind of realized the three wasn't falling last night and he kept attacking the basket. You know, the play where they reviewed the foul and he got the whistle after making the basket and the end one with about a you know minute and change to go was a gigantic play. I loved him attacking the basket. Tyrese Maxey, for all he's grown as, as a three-point shooter, and he really has grown as a shooter, you know, I still think his bread and butter and his his best attribute is getting to the basket and finishing around the basket with with floaters, with with touch. I I think Tyrese Maxey may have the best touch on a floater or a runner of any any guard in the in the league. You know, Kyrie's probably the best finisher at the basket, and you could probably pick out three or four other guards that could that could elevate higher or whatever, like a John Morant. But I'm just talking about finishing with a floater. It is it, he has a great great touch on those shots, and when the threes aren't falling. I think it's great if Maxi does that more. Go to the basket, draw fouls, especially without Joel. I mean, the Sixers as a team last night really only had 12 free throws, uh, and they made them all. Um, you know, 12 for 12 from the free throw line, made them all. But Maxi ended up being a big part of that. Four of those were his, and he hit all four down the stretch. So Maxi, the fourth biggest reason the Sixers won this game. And the fifth one, and I have to say it because I felt it. And and you know how, how I approach things. When I feel something, whether on the show on WIP and the Midday Show with you, or you know on the podcast, I'm going to tell you what I feel. And I feel like the, the fifth biggest reason, and maybe, it's, maybe it deserves a higher ranking on this list, but it's certainly a reason the Sixers won that game last night, is because Joel Embiid didn't play. I mean that. I wholeheartedly mean it. I don't believe the Sixers win game one if Joel is out there. And let me let me explain what my thinking here on this. Number one, and, and this is a big part of it, and, and Barkley mentioned it at the half, the Celtics took the Sixers lightly last night without Joel Embiid. They did. Defensively, they they didn't wake up till it was too late. They took them lightly. They thought they could just go out there, play like it's an exhibition or play like it's an all-star game up and down the court, and the Sixers couldn't play enough defense to stop them, and they would just win a shootout. That You could see it. Early, the Celtics didn't take the Sixers seriously without Joel Embiid. So part of it is the Sixers, re- excuse me, the Celtics' reaction to no Joel Embiid. But the other part is, and I don't think we could just pretend this is not real, is if Joel had played last night, I believe Joel Embiid would have been less than himself, and I believe Joel Embiid would have been, you know, his body language could have been mopey or or frustrated or you know compromised. Joel, when he's not right, struggles out there. And, and I think the team feeds off of his energy, good or bad. And last night, there was no bad energy. It was all good energy. It was all Harden and Maxi and Rivers and PJ. It was all good energy. They played as a team last night because they didn't have their best player. It actually behooved them in game one not to have Joel Embiid. I, I don't believe if he guts it out, if he plays with a brace, if he's 40% or 60%, the Sixers win that game. I think the Sixers would have lost that game if Joel was in there last night, which is amazing because it you, you usually you think the opposite of that in the NBA postseason. And the other thing, and I, I really think this is something to monitor when, and it's obviously still a hope that he does, but when Joel Embiid comes back. The Sixers in game one on the road only had eight turnovers the entire game which was remarkable. And they went a long stretch to start the game without a single turnover. So eight turnovers for the whole game and a long stretch to start the game without a single turnover. Guys, Joel Embiid averaged five turnovers all by himself per game against the Nets. Joel Embiid turns the ball over a lot. And in his playoff career, it's nearly four per game. And just think about that game last night. Very close, right down to the end. Mistakes killed the Celtics. The Sixers made fewer mistakes than the Celtics, especially at the end with the throwaway. The Sixers couldn't afford last night 
you know, to have those turnovers that that usually plagues them in losses. Joel Embiid is a big part of those turnovers a lot of times, being careless with the ball or just getting pickpocketed from whatever. I don't think the Sixers win that game if Joel Embiid plays, which should give you some hope if he can't play in game two or whatever for the rest of the series. But it's also something to monitor when he comes back. Will they be this efficient? Will they be this free-flowing on offense? Will they be this good? When Joel Embiid is out there in this particular matchup, we shall see. We, we really shall see. I don't believe they win this if Joel plays. An incredible Sixers win, one of their best in decades. And I think when it's all said and done, and James Harden is being inducted into, into Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, they'll show the highlights of last night because that was a masterful performance. Great coaching by Doc. Really aggressive play when they needed it most by Tyrese Maxey. And P.J. Tucker, what else could I say? I mean, the guy is just a flat-out absolute winner. P.J. Tucker is an absolute winner. Incredible job by him last night to get those loose balls, to make those plays. A big Sixers win, and it's going to be fun now. We have ourselves a series game two on Wednesday. Of course, game three back in Philadelphia on Friday. Another WIP Daily coming your way tomorrow. The impending return here of Bryce Harper. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is, this is a really fun time in Philadelphia sports. Keep it locked. WIP Daily. Follow wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, of course, we'll put more on the feed here. Best on WIPH Day from our shows, our podcasts. It's all on the feed here. I appreciate every single one of you listening to WIP Daily. Enjoy, enjoy it. This is a big Sixers win out of nowhere. What a night. What a performance. Sixers up 1-0, three wins away for a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals.